Hello, my name is Alex Iglesias and welcome to the Great Design Lead Podcast. I am the CTO of FinSuite and right now I am preparing for open sourcing many of the projects that we have for the community. Perfect intro on the first try. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been looking forward to talking with you for a while. Mm -hmm. I um I think the first time I heard about you was in the FinSuite live streams. Um, mm -hmm. when I would I would uh, watch those during my lunch breaks because that's where it lined up. In, oh, in, you did? Yeah, nice. yeah, it lined up perfectly with like my time zone and everything. Like it was always during my lunch break. Um, so I, I, would I don't have, even yeah I don't even know where you're located. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the U.S. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so like New York time. Um, oh, hell. Yeah, so it, it was really nice. Uh, so usually I'd be like by myself working remotely. And then at noon, I get the iPad, put FinSuite live stream on <laughs> and then make my lunch. <laughs> nice. Like that was my companion. Nice. <laughs> Learning time. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, sure. it makes sense for me because um, usually the, my moment for watching stuff, it's either when I'm having breakfast, when I'm having lunch, or when I'm having dinner. It's those three <laughs> moments that I don't know what to do and I don't want to be, you know, with one hand on my spoon and the other hand on the on my phone. I just yeah. prefer to have something that I can watch. Uh, so yeah, it's very, very also useful for me to have some tutorials, live streams, stuff like that. So really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember um, a, a lot of the time when I uh, am I'm prepping to talk to somebody, usually I'm like doing laundry. Um, and so usually uh -huh. <laughs> anytime that I'm doing laundry, I'd be, I remember I binge watched like so many of Joe's, uh, uh, episodes. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've listened to other people's podcasts to prep, like I go to try to find places where they were on podcasts and just like binge watch or binge listen. Um, yeah. so usually my, my laundry time is like very well utilized. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And I can and I can totally relate because if I'm if I'm doing something manual like that, like laundry or cleaning or something that it's quite boring. Yeah, yeah. I, re I really need to have something that's, you know, a companion with me. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really nice to have these streams. Yeah, nice. That's that's actually how I first um, got into design was uh, I was doing chores around the house growing up um, and uh -huh. I was so bored. And I didn't want to listen to music. And so I was listening to um, uh, those, the, the, they would take TED Talks and they would turn them into podcasts, um, mm. just the audio. And so that's where I got into that. And then they started talking about design. And then I found, I just liked um, design podcasts because they were really good at storytelling, um, uh -huh. like talking about people's lives and things like that. And so, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard a design-focused podcast. Really? No, I mean, now that you're saying that maybe they they tell stories and things like that, now now you know it it, it popped in my head like okay maybe it makes sense it's a good <laughs> idea, but I always because I I've, I've I've thought it about it in the past and it was like I mean but if I can't see what they're <laughs> designing you know what, what, yeah. <laughs> what does it make sense, but yeah okay, I'll give it a try. <laughs> Do you have any rec recommendations aside from yours, obviously? Um, the one that I listened to the most growing up was Design Matters. And I listened to it not because it was about design, really, but because it was the first time that I could really get to know somebody for who they are without seeing them. Mm. Um, 
And so like you have this idea of what you think this person looks like based on their voice, based on things that they say, and then you look mm. it up and you're totally wrong. And um, I don't know, it just like, it taught me a lot about people and, and like how you connect with somebody without knowing anything about them, without making any assumptions just by seeing the way that they they stand or with their face looks or something like that yeah nice. sign matters with uh debbie millman was amazing yeah okay i'll give it a try <laughs> yeah she, she's great she's so good at storytelling and and she researches people excessively um just i i love those moments when people say like how do you know that and they feel very special <laughs> so i i try to do that yeah <laughs> We yeah. all feel the same in this podcast with you. Because you, yeah. you told me that you've done some research. Maybe you start throwing me some info. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, um, very funny. Like I've kind of made a reputation for myself where people come on, they're like, what'd you find about me? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, all good things. Um, but yeah, I, I love uh, getting to know somebody a little bit before uh, hanging out with them. Um, uh I wanted to start with you with my favorite question. Um, okay. And my, fav my favorite question I like to ask people when I start becoming friends with them is um, when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, um, that's a hard question because you know what? I don't think I ever had a specific job in mind. I don't think I was the kind of kid that, you know, I want to be an astronaut, uh, stuff like that. I just, I don't know, maybe in my childhood, I didn't care much about this kind of stuff. I, I just knew that what I liked in school. So I was like, I like math. <laughs> you know, I, I was more like, like this. Um, yeah. I was moving myself based on, on, on feelings on, uh, about the subjects and not specifically about job roles so I one thing that I always knew is that I wanted to be tech focused that's that was for sure because mm -hmm. I always was that tech savvy kid I loved computers I, I loved tech from the beginning from very little I loved video games stuff like that um, I even started coding my own my own um, custom servers for playing online with friends on some games stuff like that so I was I was was focused on the tech world, yeah. but I, I didn't have any role in mind. And I mean, what demonstrates it the most is that I'm actually a mechanical engineer. So I'm here being a web developer, but I, I, I have not started an official, you know, degree about that because yeah. I was moved uh, by mads and tech and stuff like that. And I just happened to make some, let's call it wrong decisions in terms of what I was supposed to be working on which I don't regret. We can talk about that later. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was just tax savvy, loved it. And my path ended up being in web dev, which I, I really love. So, yeah. What what kind of video game servers did you make? Was it like a Minecraft server <laughs> or something like that? No, well, Minecraft is way... It's way more uh, newer. It's newer. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know how many people are going to know this game, but one game that we used to play a lot with my friends, which it's one that is called Ragnarok Online. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a game that I, at least in Spain, um, where I'm from, it, it's not a well-known game because mm -hmm. by that, that time there were 
very popular games like Counter Strike, uh, World of Warcraft, stuff like that, which was like kind of the big thing. And we used to play this game, which is a game from, I believe it's from Korea. I think so. Either Korea or Japan. And it was a big thing then there in Asia, but not not in, in Europe. Um, but we loved it. We loved it. It was really fun. It's a kind of a MMORPG. I, I, I really hope I didn't butcher the... Yeah, uh, multi... Uh... Uh, oh, what is that? What does that stand for? Wait, yeah, I, yeah, Wait, I, I could I always, do this. I always mess it up too. <laughs> Wait, I'm actually. I I really want to know MMO RPG. Yeah, MMO RPG. Uh, um, what does MMO mean? Sorry, <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> um, oh come on, oh my internet. Uh, massively multiplayer online role play games. Okay, first time I. I've actually known about the, <laughs> the meaning of it. So, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it it's these kind of games that, as the as the 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 name states, there's a lot of people playing online. It was really fun, and I don't know that actually. I think that that was the first time that I coded something. It was just me and my friends, and we were like, "Hey, it would be cool if we could have a little server." <laughs> and you know, next next thing you know, I was uh, checking some documentation and some guides on how to download the, an emulator for a server and then customizing stuff, putting my own custom NPCs in the game and, and adding wow. my own custom items and stuff like that. It wasn't really hard at all because I was following a lot of guides, but yeah. it was fun, you know, and it kind of was really nice intro to the coding world. There's this... um. Uh, this video that I saw one time and it was this girl who said um, people ask me why I'm so good at all of these things that I do and I just smile and I take the compliment what people don't know is I just put into Google what I want to do <laughs> I do that yeah and then it's done <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, they're like people are like oh you're so good at all of this stuff. You're like I just Google it and then if I figure but, it out eventually <laughs> yeah but y- you know what yeah. I I honestly think that knowing how to Google shit, it's yeah. an actual skill. So yeah. if you're if you're good at Googling, you're you're better than most of people, you know, because mm-hmm. m- most of people will just I don't know, something is happening and they don't have the first reaction to just Google it. You know, and and for me, it always blows my mind, but it's it's <laughs> it's super common. You know, yeah. I, I really think that knowing how to Google stuff, especially knowing how to do research, because mm-hmm. one thing is, you know, trying to find something like I want to buy a laptop and, you know, and, and that's it. And the first result in Google, you buy that laptop. That, OK, that's fine. Everyone can do that. But knowing how to do research and trying to find out a specific thing that you want to do or achieve, whatever, that takes skill. I, I really think that, that that takes skill and separates good developers or good whatever they're doing in their job from other people that cannot um, be auto self-sufficient. Yeah, I really do. Like, like keywords and knowing where to look, like what forums to, to go to, things yeah. like that. Yeah, not, yeah, I mean... Not not small things like just keywords, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. more like, okay, 
processing the information in your head and knowing where to look next. Mm. You know, maybe I mean I, I will try to come up with an example and it's going to be helpful. But maybe <laughs> you're you're trying to learn a new skill, and first of all, maybe you don't even know where where to look. Right? Maybe there mm-hmm. are many resources, but you don't know them. So the first thing that you have to do is find those resources. Once you find those resources, you will start, you know, reading through them. But next thing that you need to do is be able to filter what resources are good, where resources are not. Then you need to know exactly, okay, is this helpful for me? Or is it just boilerplate that I don't even need to know? Or is this something that it's really going to help me? Okay, in that case, I'm going to focus on that. You know, and and you you start changing decisions after decisions that um, sum up to a good research or a not good and efficient research, you know? So that's that's what I think that it's the actual skill and not, you know, knowing exactly how to type a word in Google and stuff like that. Yeah, like being able, because it's a lot of uh, information overload. Um, and being able to process yeah. it is is huge. Yeah, it is. It is. And nowadays, especially because everyone has access to the internet, there is a lot of resources, uh, more in some fields than others. In in our case, we are web developers and designers and stuff like that. That we are, you know, lucky to be in this field, especially because there is a lot of resources. But also, that's a downside because there are a lot of resources, and you need yeah. to be able <laughs> to know exactly where to look at so yeah it's a it's a nice skill and it's a nice skill especially if you're a developer i think it's it's really valuable i i remember when i was in college um i was introduced to stack overflow for the first time and uh, i remember looking like my teacher showing me all of this and and uh but he's (laughs) he said okay so i'm going to give you this resource but you have to use it responsibly and he said, if you ask a question that's already been asked a million times, they are going to roast you. <laughs> like, you will be reprimanded. Like he literally sat us all down. He's like, okay, so there is etiquette here and you have to, <laughs> like, this is how you search things. Um, uh, your question has probably already been answered, so you can find it this way. Um, but yeah, I re- remember that very clearly. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, that's one great thing of knowing if you're good at doing research or not if you're asking questions and people start answering that this has already been answered then you know that you didn't do good <laughs> research before yeah <laughs> so that that's a good filter um yeah i always thought it was really interesting when I, I hear stories about uh my friends that um like especially in other countries that played video games because i hear two things i hear one um oh yeah i learned english by playing video games like that just yeah. that phrase is wild that 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 people can do mm. that um and then the other one is like yeah i learned programming from video games or i for if if they didn't play video games a lot of people say i learned um basic coding from like my myspace uh profile nah. <laughs> nice yeah. Yeah. Well, one one thing that I I I really think that has benefited me in related to the video game world is just vocabulary. I mean, who the hell uses words like sword in your day to day, you know, life? I, I mean, I'm not a native English speaker, so I would probably never use that word anyways so i yeah. i mean there are many words that <laughs> many <laughs> you you get nutrient but by the video games I, I really think that it's 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 really beneficial 
if you you know you play a lot of video games, especially in English, really nice. Yeah, I remember seeing a, a video that this girl made about her uh, her boyfriend from France, I think,、um, oh. and she she said,、uh, "Me learning like taking eight years of French and fully immersion."、Um, Like not being able to have a functioning conversation <laughs> with a French person, and then she pans to her boyfriend and、uh, learns English by playing video games and is completely fluent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I actually, I actually can relate because I,、uh, in high school, I studied German. So really, my, yeah, in my in my high school, it's not on in in all high high school in in Spain. But in some of them, you can choose what your foreign language should be. You know,、mm -hmm. you have different choices. In my case, I was lucky enough to be already assisting in English school outside. So my、yeah. parents were paying for a for an English school, and I decided, okay, fuck it, let's just learn German. You know, something <laughs> different because you know,、um, I mean, I didn't want to do the same.、Yeah. Classes in in two places, and I studied German for six years, and I honestly think that right now I couldn't even tell you a single <laughs> sentence that it would make sense, for real, for real.、Yeah. It's just you know the day to day, talking to people in English, playing、yeah. in English, working, developing in English. It just you know the immersion. It's really. Impressive, and then the German six years every week, just <laughs> learning, having the right vocabulary, learning the correct.、Uh, I don't even know how to call it, the declinations.、Uh, I don't know if that's a word.、Um, and then I just forgot everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, But do、really、you remember? Yeah, I, you remember having those conversations in German? Like, were any of your classes like like fully in German? Uh, you mean like if we were with with our, I mean with with their teacher speaking German, I I don't think we reached that level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, because German it's it's really hard, at least for me. Maybe there's somebody that who's listening this. It's like, oh, German, it's really easy. <laughs> okay, not for me. It was not <laughs> not easy for me.、Uh, no, it was. I mean, we try to speak. We we. The kind of basic conversations, but I I don't think that I ever reached the an advanced level enough for, you know, having a fluid conversation with somebody. Yeah, my um my language that I forgot、uh, is French. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I I took French for like maybe I think three or four years, and、mm -hmm. um I I remember speaking French, like fully speaking、oh. French. Like I was shit, but I was having a conversation, <laughs>、yeah. and、um, I remember the like the moment when、um, this word、um, uh, like meant that word. It wasn't like my English translation to it, and yeah,、uh -huh. the moment. Yeah, this object is just this object. I don't know. Yeah, like like poubelle, like like trash, like let's. <laughs>、uh <-huh. laughs> um, I don't know or.、Um, I I can't remember the other ones, but um the the funny thing that I love to tell people about my my French years was um、uh, I was I was in like full immersion for a bit and、uh, my my teacher said um uh for two years I had him Monsieur Raymond he 
started the class every day with, I know you're not going to remember any of this, <laughs> like any of this class. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you say that? Yeah, he would say that. He's like, I, I know most of you are not going to remember any of the French that I teach you. You're going to know it now and you're going to pass the classes. But in five years, you're probably not going to remember any French. You're going to take this with you. And every day he made us repeat the same phrase like multiple times. Um, and the phrase is, um, uh, je voudrais un sandwich au beurre de cacahuète et confiture which is, I would like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) That was his favorite phrase. So we would start the day with, I know you're not going to remember any of this, but the sandwich will be to cacahuate (laughs) confiture. Survival French, you know? If you go to France, at least you're not going to (laughs) starve. Yeah. I don't think they have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't think that that's like a cuisine over there. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like his legacy, right? At least everyone is just gonna remember him with this sentence. I think it's cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Ah. Um, there's other little phrases that I know in other languages, but um, uh, that one, that one's at the, the top of the roster. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know any Spanish? Any Spanish? Um, oh, uh, so American. Every American knows like where's the library <laughs> for some reason. Where's the library? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's the phrase that we learn in, in school. Um, for some reason, every American learns in Spanish, um, uh, where's the library? I don't know why. Where's, where's the library? Yeah. Donde esta la biblioteca? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For some reason, we all, like, it's in, like, all of our, our reading material. I took, I took Spanish, so, um, I took French, uh, German, and Spanish, in one year they, they broke up the year into three parts so that you could choose uh-huh. what language you wanted to study um and yeah it's 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 quite funny it's like a joke in the u.s like if somebody's uh, like <laughs> i'm trying somebody... to, to, to think about the you you know the uses of that of that sentence it's fun like almost every American knows that phrase um, just from school. And so they're like, oh, do you speak if, do you speak Spanish? They're like, where's the library? <laughs> <laughs> where's the library? I need to go there and learn Spanish. <laughs> I think people know like, like, where's the library and can I go to the bathroom? Like those are probably the two strongest I mean, the phrases. Se- the second one may- makes more sense, at least, you know, it has a more common use. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, but I, I think that it's um I think it's incredible to be able to be totally fluent in in multiple languages. Um, I, I, Americans aren't uh, quite good at that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, th- I always think that's so cool. I was talking with one of my friends, and he um he lives in Hong Kong, and he was like, "Oh, I gotta learn more languages." And I was like, "Dude, you know like three, you know like <laughs> your your family's home language, you know um uh mandarin you know english and it's like yeah but i gotta learn another one like should i learn french next and i'm like you just have time (laughs) to learn all these languages and you have the ability to do that i was so impressed with him he was like getting down on himself and uh, (laughs) i was like if i could speak another language oh my god that would be so cool i i don't know maybe french again someday and i can go podcast in my broken french (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you can ask for peanut butter sandwiches in that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> nice. Um, I would love to learn more languages too, but I, I know, you know, time. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to. Yeah. 
that Duolingo bird. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about. I I, yeah, but I'm I'm not a fan of apps for this kind yeah. of stuff. I mm-hmm. I really maybe I'm old school, but I I really think that if I wanted to learn a language, I would not do it through an app. I would just yeah. go to classes to for that language. You know, you have a teacher. You have you get some feedback, stuff like that. And yeah. you don't get bored. <laughs> I I used to spend a lot of time um with somebody who would be constantly on the phone with family uh-huh. back home. And um uh it would be like hours of hearing this language that I didn't know. And so occasionally like certain phrases I could pick up on. Um oh. and so it's like uh I would I would hear something and then I would like respond in English. Um uh, what I thought was going on. And occasionally he would look at me, he's like, how did you know what I was saying? And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was body language oh. or something, but like, um, I think over time, like you keep on hearing stuff and like certain phrases um, I started picking up. And so I was like, oh, maybe I am capable oh. of this. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. sounds like a movie cliche, but maybe it's real. <laughs> nice. Well, I think, I think over time I would be like, oh, what does this phrase mean? What does this phrase mean? I would just like keep on remembering them. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, one, one thing that I did want to talk to you about your, um, uh, your engineering life. I, uh, I saw your, um, uh, you had like a series of, uh, photos from when you were in engineering school where it was like, um, what? I thought, I thought they were kind of funny. It was like, uh, um, uh, engineers think better on a full stomach. And it was like you eating with your friends. And then the very next photo that you you get those photos. (laughs) And then the very next photo was like you and your friends and it looked like in like a like a dorm study room and you all were asleep <laughs> and it's like engineers sleep better on a full stomach. <laughs> and I love it. It was it was all of these like engineers XYZ engineers blah 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 and I thought it was quite funny. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of like a recurring joke in at least in in my university engineers like trust me an engineer it's uh, you know because it's it's i think it's because it's it's a hard degree to get yeah and not not everyone is able to get it um in in my case in my career we started like 120 people and we ended Mm -hmm. being 20 something like that there's there's a lot of people who fails exams and does not um you know get to the end of it um so i think it's kind of influenced by that it's like mm, kind of motivating calling yourself an engineer it's like yeah i'm gonna be an engineer <laughs> and i'm gonna be an important person and because of that engineers i don't know if i have an opinion <laughs> it, it it's you know it's it's a valid opinion whatever it's just yeah. like a recurring joke i don't honestly i don't even remember about these pictures but i i can i i can imagine something like that to happening yeah <laughs> it was so funny it was like you and three other guys like asleep on the table on top of your uh that books. yeah <laughs> that, that was probably one of my the nights because we, we we used to study on at nights yeah in my case in my case my degree was um it was um, on afternoon and evening so it was like between 3 p.m to 9 p.m my, mm-hmm. my classes um so we used to then go to study at night and we used to do something like i don't know from 12 a.m to 6 a.m stuff Jeez, like that please. yeah we used we used to do overnight studying a lot of it and you know when 
it's 6 a.m. and you've been studying all, all night. You just want to, you know, fuck up, fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to do some, some jokes and you, you're just tired. Yeah. So you're just fucking around with the friends. Yeah. It was nice. Fun times. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> Uh, the age that you were when um when you first realized that you were interested in math, um, what what oh. age do you think that was for you? Oh, quite young, I think. Yeah. You know, you know why? Because I was I I liked maths because I was able to solve them. But yeah, you know, it's like it, it's. It's like when when you're able to do something and you understand it, you like it. But the moment that you start feeling that you know I'm not able to solve this, uh, the teacher is not explaining it well, etc. It's like then I hate maths. It's um, <laughs> you know it's kind of like ve- yeah. very very um, I don't know the word, but um, the perspective can change a lot. Um, but in my case, you know, I remember from being little kid, I I just luckily I was good at it um i'm not saying i should be a math analyst or something like that because i don't i don't really think i'm that good but i i I just think that it it introduced me to the tech world but i i i enjoyed it you know so was this kind of like i I don't think i can mm -hmm. tell you an exact age sorry yeah no no yeah i'm imagining like um Maybe like a twelve-year-old or eleven-year-old or something. Probably, like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe even younger. Yeah, at uh, I don't know how you call it in in America. Um, when you're about seven, eight, what, what how do that's you call so, that school? Um, so that's elementary school. Um, uh, yeah, elementary school. Yeah, elementary school. Yeah, it's from like um age six, uh, age like five to hmm. um nine or ten. Yeah, and then yeah. I mean, and, I mean around yeah. that time, I were I was already you know uh, the the um, the kid that was solving stuff in 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 the class. I, mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe at one point, people in my class were like, "Okay, he's a smart market because of that." But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I I don't think I was that kind of you know yeah. stereotype. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. I'm just going to say this because it's going to bother me. The ages are, I totally screwed up the ages for elementary school. It's like six to like 12. So I don't know if if I, yeah. Same in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, around that, like, uh, I don't know, like 12 year old, 10 year old uh, age, um, what kind of kid were you? Like, what was your personality like? Oh, what kind of kid I was? Oh, <laughs> I I've never been asked this question. I don't even know it myself. Probably an annoying kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but but that by that time I was already starting to dance. That's a mm-hmm. big a big big part of my life, dancing. Um. So by by that age, I was I was good at I was good at school. I was starting dancing. I've never been a a friends kid. I mean, you know, that kind of kid that it's friends with everyone, the popular, popular kids, stuff like that. I, I don't think I've been ever this kind of kid. I've, I, I've always just been with the friends that I, I, I was, you know, I wanted to hang out with. I was never the popular one. Um, but yeah, I mean, once I started dancing, I was kind of 
the dance kid. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 that was me. Uh, it, it was the, the kid that dances. And because of that, I remember I, I started hanging out a lot with girls. You know, I was mm-hmm. happy about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, because um, especially in Spain, usually kids that are very football based, you know, when, when you're growing up, maybe, maybe not nowadays, but when I was growing up was like, you're, you're a kid, you're going to be playing football with your friends and getting dirty and in the mud and stuff like that. And I don't think I was this kind of uh, kid. <clears throat> I was more like, you know, I'll hang out with the girls and I'll just go and dance a little bit. And then maybe I go with a friend and play whatever with the ball, but I, I was not, doing the usual things as the rest of the kids. I don't even know if this is the question, honestly, at this point, no, I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then moved to high school. When I moved to high school, I literally went alone. So really? usually, yeah, where, where you live, I mean, where I live, sorry. Uh, the school, the elementary school and high school are two different things. I don't know if it's it's the same thing in in America Mm -hmm. and you move to high school based on your location probably it's the same too there Mm -hmm. Uh, but in my case my parents moved to another to another village a small town so I I I went to completely different uh high school I didn't know anybody but I I make good friends there I'm happy about that I was still the kid that danced (laughs) <laughs> so the, from the very first beginning uh, uh, everyone knew me at uh, the kid that danced um but yeah still I was a good student I had my small group of friends my nerdy group of friends who started playing <laughs> video games with which connects with all the video game stuff that I mentioned but yeah I mean Pretty simple. I don't think I have something very special to tell you about myself. Oh, that's probably not true. Like, I think that's really funny uh-huh. that uh, that that same sentiment sometimes when I when I talk to people and uh, maybe I start to get to know them a little bit before doing a podcast, and then they say, mm-hmm. "Oh, like you can't keep on asking me all these questions. Like, what are we going to have to talk about for two hours?" And I think that that's <laughs> so silly because, like, um, my my gut reaction to that is, uh, "You think that." you're only interesting enough to talk about for two hours like I could talk to somebody for 17 hours like there's so much that's so interesting about a person yeah yeah I mean it makes sense uh usually when you start knowing the person (laughs) in depth you you start coming up with things that you you don't even remember it happens to me a lot I I usually when I ask these kind of questions like, do you remember anything special from your childhood, whatever, trying to come up with specific memories? I'm always like, fuck, my life has been boring as hell. I don't remember <laughs> anything special, you know? <laughs> but then, as you mentioned, if, if you try, start, you know, just having casual conversations, you, you start coming up with, with, with stuff. I mean, my girlfriend of eight years, we, we're still every day, well, not every day, but constantly we're still you know, sharing stuff that we didn't know, which I think it's cool. Um, So yeah, it makes sense. You're what you're saying. Do you remember um, the night before you uh, started at that new school? Oh, I I think I do. Yeah. I think I do because I was shit scared because I didn't know anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know, 
and especially because the the high school where I where I went, it it's a high school that has a an elementary school at the same facility. So it's on like the same property. Two, yeah, on the same. I mean, it's two different buildings, but it's kind of the same property as you, as you mentioned. Yeah. So it's natural for all everyone who's in the elementary school there to just jump to that high school. So and I was shit scared of just going there and meeting a lot of people who they already are friends uh, they, they have their own friend groups stuff like that and I, and I you know I was like okay am I, I gonna fit there am I gonna make some friends you know stuff like I remember I remember that I was I was shit scared <laughs> but you know just I also have good feelings of just arriving the first day and just meeting some people who smiled at me at the first glance and just, you know, presenting themselves and, and immediately making some friends. So, yeah, it was a short, dramatic experience for me, but at the beginning before going there, but that it was, it was, it was soft pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Like, um, uh, in, in my, my life, um, I went from like, never feeling that feeling of like being scared to to meet somebody uh when I was a little kid and then when I got around that same age like 15 16 um then I got like really shy um and like reserved and then when I went to college and or like a little bit after college and I kind of you feel more confident in yourself and you feel like you know who you are a little bit better then I kind of Mm -hmm. went back to how I used to feel when I was a little kid Oh, so it's interesting. Like, I guess there was like a little awkward phase when uh, that everybody has when you're you're scared to meet new people. But um, yeah. my my dad, oh my, my dad has a no, no, no. story ahead, of of um uh, uh apparently when I was a little kid, I used to go up to people, um little girls that were the same age as me, and I would say, "I'm a girl, you're a girl, let's be friends." And apparently. <laughs> There was a, I was like, I was like, this is logical. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, uh, apparently once there was a girl that did not want to be friends with me, she was just like, my, my, my friendship pickup line did not work. And um, she oh, really? uh, d- didn't want to be friends with me. And apparently I was so unfazed by this as a, like a five-year-old. Um, I was concerned for her. I was like, are you Okay. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. want to be friends with me like is there something wrong with you <laughs> what the hell is going on with you <laughs> yeah like oh. I, I didn't take it personally at all I was like concerned I was genuinely concerned for her as a, as a five-year-old actually I, I love it I love it I wish I, w- I wish everyone was like this you know I think it's, it's really nice <laughs> yeah so I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna use that now um like as an adult I'll just go up to a girl that I think is nice I'm like I'm a girl you're a girl do you want to be friends <laughs> they'll be so like confused they'll be, be my friends it'll work out yeah. okay 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 let's be friends <laughs> well I, I I really think it's a good it's a good strategy you know yeah. when somebody it's this direct I, um, you probably get the feeling, okay, this person's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to meet him or her, whatever, you know? <laughs> I, I've done that so much in my adult life. Um, uh, I would, I remember um, before I started doing the podcast, uh, the way mm-hmm. that I got into this was um, uh, 
finding people on LinkedIn that I thought had really interesting jobs or, or life lives. Uh-huh. And I would reach out to them and, and pretty much be like, Hey, I think you're really interesting. Do you want to be friends? And they right. would be so confused and they would get enough. We would talk on the phone for like maybe an hour or two hours or something like that. And at the end, I'm like, do you want to be friends? And this one girl, I remember <laughs> it like totally melted her. She said, are you asking me if you want to be friends? And I said, yeah. And she said, I'll be your friend. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So yeah, so it, I guess it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and it takes guts from your side to to do these kind of things. I, I mean, I don't think I would do this honestly. Yeah. I I consider myself an introvert. I try to force myself on being more extrovert and being more you know social and you know interacting with community and with trying to know people but it's not not something that it's natural in me it me, it's more like okay i'll just stay home with my girlfriend cuddling at the sofa and that's it and i'm happy <laughs> but um but it takes it takes guts and skills to 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 do this kind of stuff i i really admire it just reaching out to people and deciding to do a podcast and and getting to know people and asking them to be your friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know for, for me it would be a big thing and you know it's it's a challenge it's a challenge so, one yeah, of my really good to- friends thank you I, I really thank you i know sometimes i i appreciate that um uh one of my really good friends uh reached out to me recently and we'd been friends for like two years and uh just out of the blue, he texted me. He said, hey, I just want to say I really appreciate you reaching out to me like a psycho um, on LinkedIn and asking <laughs> to be friends. <laughs> He's like, you're, you're a weird person, Emily, but I really appreciate you. <laughs> how, do, how do you reach out to people? Avoiding to seem as spam. Because honestly, my, my LinkedIn is so filled of yeah. spam that I tend to not answer back almost anybody because it's like, hey, I want to meet you. And it's like, okay, this person's in school. And then next message that they send me, it's like, I think that we have a partnership that we could do because oh. I have this product that you could buy. I mean, it's so filled with these kind of messages. <laughs> and, and I'm assuming that most people, when you message them, they can, they can feel the same way. So what's your strategy? Um. So sometimes I go back to old messages of like, I've been friends with this person for two years. How did I reach out to them? I don't even remember. And um, a lot of it was um, me having something very specific to say about like, or or just, or talking about them as a person like, hey, I think that your your life is really interesting. Um, I would love to talk to you sometime uh, Mm. and hear about your life. And the biggest thing is never asking for anything. That's the biggest thing. You don't ask them for anything. You don't ask them for recommendations. You don't ask them for anything. You're just there to listen to their story. And um, uh, I have gotten so much out of that. I've gotten, um, not this isn't the goal, but like I got a job out of that. Somebody uh, knew who I was and, and like put my name on the top of a pile of resumes for a job. And that was like my first oh. entry into the design world. Um, yeah, like people wow. are so kind when when they they know who you are and, and you ask for nothing. Asking for nothing usually gets you everything. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to describe that. Yeah. So well, I mean, you're being forced to connect with that person if you mm-hmm. want to 
get do something with that relationship. Mm-hmm. It, I think it. I think it's really nice. I think it's really nice. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it feels very natural and fun, but um, but uh, it's 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 not easy. Like um, you were saying that you're like, I don't know if I could do this podcast. And I'm like, yeah, there were times I didn't know if I could do it too because <laughs> <laughs> because um, I literally even even today, like I would get so nervous before podcasts before every mm-hmm. single one. Like it's like clockwork. It's just like I'm not freaked out because I know that it's coming. I know that like the nerves are coming, you know, that the stomach ache is coming. I know that um, mm. I need to do certain things. I need to have a cup of water. I need to have the setting. I need <laughs> to have the door locked for some reason. Like all of these things I just learned about myself. And so it's not easy. You just kind of get used to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I can relate. I've been dancing for 20 years yeah. and I still get very nervous before going on stage every really? single time you, you would think you know after the 15th year <laughs> it would get better <laughs> but it it does not i mean i don't know it's just the feeling of you're about to do something and people are just gonna see that thing or listen to that thing yeah. and you want to make sure that you're doing the best out of it uh so i mean i think it's natural to have that feeling so yeah i can totally relate with dancing how did you get into dancing you know what? Fun story. I actually got into dancing because my mom wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 can, I, I can explain that. Um, so actually, uh, this was, I think it was eight or nine, something like that. And by that time, my mom started dancing just like one year ago or something like that. She started going to dance school. <clears throat> it was not related to what I do what I dance nowadays um but you know she was dancing and she was enjoying it and you know maybe she was like okay maybe he he wants to do it I don't know he wants to try and she took me to some dance shows and she was like are you enjoying this do you like this do you want to try it yourself so she she was kind of pushing me to to try it and I was like Fuck yeah, this is cool. Yeah, I want to try it, you know? <laughs> How old were you <laughs> at by, this age? I uh, currently? At, so at right that now, age. I, at that age, like when you went to that dance uh, show and your mom was like, hey, do you want to give this a try? Uh, How old were I, you? I think I was, uh, I was eight or nine, somewhere okay. somewhere around that. Maybe maybe 10, but I don't think I was older than 10. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just saw it. I was like, hey, these people are cool. You know, I want to try it myself. <laughs> and 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 we did i actually we we tried it with my brother <laughs> uh-huh. we went together to to a you know dance school in my town um we started together he didn't like it at all but i i really loved it and 20 plus years after i'm still dancing actually i think that this year i'm making I'm doing 20 years dancing. So it, 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 it must be, it must have been when I was nine because yeah. um, right now I'm, I'm 29 years old. So yeah, fun. Um, and I really, I really don't regret it at all. You know, by, but that, by that time, it, it was not like nowadays because nowadays everyone's dancing on TikTok and people who dances are like, you know, the, the cool people making having the the freshest moves and stuff like that in in social media but back then 
20 years ago, a kid that was dancing, I mean, a boy, not a girl that was dancing. And it, it was kind of like a thing, you know, it was like, what, a boy that it's dancing? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was like a big thing. Um, so I, I got both positive and negative attention because of that. But I stuck. I tend to stick to positive things myself. I, t- I, I, I consider myself a positive person. And I, I don't know, I just loved it. I float, uh, just float, float with it. Is that the word? Um, you, went, you went with the flow? Yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Then entire high school, then I started teaching. And it's been like that for many, many years. I did want to ask, um, uh, like the way that you phrased it, you said, yeah, I've been dancing and I, I don't regret it. And I'm like, what is there to regret? Because <laughs> I've spent a big chunk of my life on dancing, you know, yeah. for example, my university degree, it's a four year degree, but uh, because, well, actually two things happened. The first one is that I switched careers between I started with one engineering and I finished with another engineering. So I did kind of two engineering degrees. Um, but between that and I was teaching class and because I was teaching class, I could not go assist to my university classes. I, I had to drop some, some subjects. Uh, some classes. I don't know how to, some classes. So I, yeah. I was kind of making the degree longer than usual. Um, same in high school, there were many things that I missed because I was dancing, maybe uh, trips with friends because I was competing or maybe, you know, I was the entire evenings after after school, I was dancing. I was not hanging out with the cool kids that were out in the park playing, stuff like that. So I, I've been, I've, I've devoted a big part of my life to dancing. That's what I, I mean that I don't regret it all. It's mm-hmm. just I've enjoyed my time doing something that I, I really loved and that it was not the, the usual thing to do. But I mean, probably many people who has been doing stuff like uh, professional sports um, or some some kind of activity that requires a lot of time, they will probably tell you the same, you know, uh, that they devoted a big chunk of their life to it. So, Yeah. Can you imagine what your life would be like if you didn't take that path and Ooh. instead you went to the park with your friends and you went on those trips? Like, Ooh. do you think you would have been as happy because you wouldn't have had dance in your life anymore? Uh, I, I don't think happiness is a variable here because I would probably, mm-hmm. if I didn't choose dance, I mean, mm-hmm. I would probably find something else that makes me happy, yeah. you know? Um so I don't think happiness is related to this, but I, I know for sure that I would not be the person that I, I, I am today because because of dancing, I've made a lot of friends. I've, I've grown myself as a person. I've learned how to teach, which for me, it's really important because yeah. I've been teaching for a long time. I really enjoy it. And I found my passion in teaching thanks to teaching dance classes. Um, I would probably not have met my girlfriend because we met each other um, dancing. So that's also a big impact in my life. Uh, you know, it's just, I would really be a different person. Probably my personality too would be different 
because you know mm-hmm. with dancing i've i've as i said i'm a really introvert person and i would probably be way more introvert if i was not dancing you know uh yeah. because in, with dancing you're kind of you have to put yourself out um and that's been a big challenge for me in my entire life and something that i really appreciate that dance has provided to me um so yeah i i don't know exactly how would i be but i know that i would not be the person who i am today if it was not because of dance for sure there's always something that i admire so much about people who are in any sort of performing arts whether it's singing or acting or dancing um because they have this thing in which they can just perform in front of all of these people. And I, I remember I used to watch my friend um, uh, sing um, in, in musicals mm. and things like that. And I would just look up at her with no like jealousy or anything, just like awe that, that she has this thing and she's very good at it. But not only is she good at singing, but she um, just like, her posture is up and her mm. uh she's um projecting and she's confident and i don't know there's just something about that that i think is so like fascinating for some reason yeah i mean art, well this kind of you know any anything related to art it's 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 a really good compliment uh, compliment that it's a something a scale maybe uh, i'm trying to find a word but it's re- something that's gonna really help you become a better professional in whatever you're doing you know voice training the the confidence in your posture everything that you're saying that you were looking up to you to your friend it's it's something that you can get out of it and 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 that's something that i've gotten from dance you know um mm-hmm. the i mean because being on a stage you're kind of forced to it you know if you go to dance classes and they say like okay we're gonna do a show and you're like okay i'll be there and you next (laughs) next thing you know you're you're on a stage and 1000 people is watching you um (laughs) but um you know because of that you you start improving yourself in 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 some things um and the confidence it's it's one of them it's 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 really a what's the word of it something positive for a person uh if virtue is that a, yeah is that correct? yeah yeah it's yeah yeah um so yeah absolutely and if you happen to have free time that's always some skill this is something that you can train always um myself i'm uh, right now i am i'm trying to improve in communication skills because I can communicate with my body, but I don't usually use my voice when dancing. <laughs> you know what? Um, so, and and this is this is a really powerful skill. Um, if I was a singer, I would probably have better skills. Or an actor, I, mm. I really admire actors. Actors, I always, you know, when I'm seeing an, an interview with an actor or whatever they're talking, I'm like, how does he talk so good? I could listen to this person. <laughs> all day you know yeah. and this is a benefit that you're getting from 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 the art that you're performing and and i know it and and, and actually i'm um actively trying to improve it i'm not taking any classes i'm just trying to be aware of it <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and and improve in communication skills yeah 
Yeah, I can tell you, um, uh, I have a very unique experience of uh, re-listening to my own voice uh, multiple mm-hmm. times a week in, in two hour periods because I re-listen to all of these podcasts and I, I edit them. Yeah, you edit and them? So, mm. Oh, like, I don't edit them excessively. I just like take out like, I don't know, like bathroom breaks or <laughs> sneezing or whatever, yeah. like all this unnecessary stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, re-listening to your voice is um, a weird experience. I know I'm going to be re-listening to this and it's going to feel very out of body. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's it's been so interesting hearing how I listen to people, hearing um, if I cut people off. Um, mm. what is my tone, how my tone changes depending on who I'm talking to. Um, I notice sometimes if I'm, uh, um, if I'm talking to another girl my age, sometimes like I start talking like this and then like, and then we like <laughs> do this and then I start talking like this. But if I'm talking to maybe somebody with a lower voice, I might start talking like this. And like, it's a lot, it's just weird that your voice matches the other person and so it's just a oh. fascinating thing to have an opportunity to re-listen to my voice in a non-narcissistic way <laughs> nice i i honestly think that the best skill that you can have at any field doesn't matter if you're a developer if you're a nurse if you're whatever you're doing i think that the best skill that one can have is its communication mm. because no one can do a better job than you if you're just good at communicating what you're doing you know because you're letting other people know about what you're doing and it and appreciate it because maybe you're doing something great but people are not going to appreciate it because you're not communicating well so I, I i really think that the best skill that you could have and 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 it's really nice that you can practice it this way it's it's improving the communication skills it's like um, now, I, now i need yeah. to start a podcast myself <laughs> <laughs> it's like you you if you're working on a project and like 90% of the job is like doing the thing and then the last 10% is communicating it and then you can't do that like all of that work that you did isn't being correctly yes. um articulated yeah yes absolutely yeah um so uh i want i wanted to talk to you about um your your students like your dance students i was doing research yeah. on you and, and I saw that like you you were teaching and then so many different points I saw all these different photos of like I'm so proud of these kids or like they did so well I'm so proud of them this group placed this at this competition so I wanted to ask like what what was that experience like for you being a teacher you really think deep <laughs> in my <laughs> in my Instagram right um <laughs> Well, one of the great things of being a teacher for me, it's seeing people grow. Mm. And I mean it literally and, and non-literally because I've, I've literally seen kids grow with me <laughs> t- t- teaching them. Um, but I mean, you know, whatever you're teaching, having the satisfaction of watching a student learn from you, I, I, I don't think that has a value that doesn't have a price to it because you, you're devoting your time, your efforts to do something and the reward that you're getting after, after it, it's obviously for, if they thank you for it, that's a good, great reward. 
but your own selfish reward that you can that you can have it's it's seeing that what you did had some results and i really think that letting people know about their their those results is something really beneficial for them um so yeah whenever i have students and they have to, they have done something that's really great and they should be proud of it i i love to let them know because I'm I'm also proud of them. Uh, so I I probably have many yeah as you as you as you found and and most of it are, are probably not going to be published because of stories and things that are ephemeral. Um, but yeah, I tend to do I tend to to do that a lot. I I really love as I, as I said, just watching people grow, and that applies also in in the tech world. I think. And this is this is something that I think it's a really valuable skill for a team leader, and it's just watching people grow and knowing that you've helped them grow. So it applies everywhere, dancing and and tech world. It's really gratif- gratifying. Mm-hmm. Is, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. It is like satisfying. Yeah. Satisfying. Yes. I um, sometimes I talk to people um, and we talk about like a a time in their life where they were learning something or being parented by somebody or something like that. And then when they reach the, the time in their life, when they're the ones parenting or they're the ones teaching and being a mentor, Mm -hmm. they say that sometimes it's kind of like a weird moment of um, uh, wow. Like I'm, it's, it's my turn to be there for somebody. It's my turn to teach somebody. And, and you start thinking like, I don't know, it's just a weird moment where um, it's like almost as if like the roles reversed and now you're, you're helping somebody new. Does that yeah. sound familiar yeah. to you? I don't, I don't think I've ever had this sudden realization yeah. of it because yeah. I, I was lucky to start teaching really, really young. Mm. I, I started teaching it when I was 15 years old. And really? I was teaching to girls that were 14 years old. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was so it was more like a fun thing that I was doing yeah. and not something that I was like, hey, I've, I've achieved my dream. Yeah. It was just like a nat- natural thing that happened from just dancing to suddenly being presented with the, the opportunity of teaching myself. Um but I really appreciate it anyways, you know, when I'm when I'm when I am helping somebody. And I know that I'm helping that person. It, it's like, hey, I'm I'm doing something great here, and and I'm proud of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I um, do you do you have a a sister? Um, what is your, no, your sibling just, structure just like? Yeah, I have a brother who is uh two and a half years younger than me. Okay, all right. Oh yeah, oldest sibling. I'm an older sibling too. <laughs> You're an old sibling, yeah. Yeah. Um, How many? Yeah, I, uh, I'm the oldest of three girls. Oh, three girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I think that it's funny. I uh, a lot of my really good um, uh, guy friends. It's it's interesting um, to talk to them, and I can tell the difference often between my guy friends that grew up having girlfriends, like platonic girlfriends and my guy friends that grew up with zero girlfriends um like all boys school um different Uh way of growing up and so it's just interesting talking to them 
that um uh you you can like tell who spent time growing up surrounded by women <laughs> like surrounded by girls how, and like how, how can you tell it how i don't know tell? it's like um ah <laughs> uh, i don't know sometimes i think i think when we talk about like um dating and stuff like that like uh-huh. the uh the guys that grew up without a lot of girlfriends are very often very confused by <laughs> confused <laughs> yeah confused of like why is she saying this why is she upset about this like uh. what what's what's going on with her um uh-huh. and uh and then my friends who grew up having tons of platonic girlfriends like how do you not see what she's trying to tell you bro? <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally right there like what do you want you're like a silver platter like oh my god how can you be so thick <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i can i can see that um actually i can relate because as as i mentioned uh my parents live in a small town and all my friends who were not dance related so my high school friends and the people who I was playing video games with and yeah. stuff like that. It was just a male group of a small town. So you can um, probably also in, in America it happens, but, you know, in small towns, all male group, they tend to be more, uh, I don't know the word for it, but not op- as open-minded as, as somebody who has been, you know, growing up with, with um, all, many other people. Yeah. And I was the weird kid because I was going to the town, to the to the city to dance. And I and I had my own group of friends there. So I I, I always thought of my my group of friends like the yin and yang, because I had <laughs> my my, you know, my city group of dancing people, a lot of girls, a lot of cool, you know, people who were doing something re- themselves, the personality, everything was so different from my other group of friends who it's the, the the male group from my small town who like to play video games and kids just wanted to fuck around with animals and and doing you know, <laughs> you know the the typical crazy thing that you would see with small kids in in a small town yeah. um so yeah i've i've always lived this this you know two different realities when when having two different group of friends um so yeah, I can relate. I can totally relate <laughs> on that. Yes. Did you ever have those moments where maybe your friend is like complaining about something or he's saying that he's confused about something? Like, dude, like, how do you not get this? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, um, well, I mean, it's because small towns, guys tend to grow up with different mindsets. So mm-hmm. you, you can see a lot of these kind of situations. Yeah. I um uh I grew up um in a town. It was kind of like a small town. Um, but there were all of these different groups of people. Like there were the um my friends who drove pickup trucks, my friends who drove <laughs> uh Priuses with a million bumper stickers saying like peace, love, I don't know, <laughs> veganism. Um <laughs> and my friends that um I don't know, we're in theater. And for some reason, I was never like fully locked into one of those friend groups. And so I would just like um, uh, um, go in and out throughout like the week or the month um, in all those different friend groups. And um, I really loved that. Uh, Having different groups where um, 
I don't know, they're interested in different things, but the, the, the double life thing I always think is really interesting when people have, yeah. um, like, it's almost like sometimes you have like different personalities when you're with oh, yeah. these different friend yes, groups. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess a, a way to explain it is like, um, uh, I don't know when I, when I was in college and I was living in the city, um, Philadelphia, I had like one way of feeling and acting. And then when I went back to my small town, um, it's like, I don't know. I changed a little bit based on my environment, not like dramatically, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but just like, yeah, you have like different I, lives. You felt off? You felt yeah. out of place? Oh yeah. Oh, that was like a whole thing in my life. Um, oh yeah? Like, yeah. Like going back to my small town after moving to the city, um, and then like not really feeling like I belonged in either one. Um, mm. And then you have this whole like crisis of like, okay, well, where, where do I belong? I don't feel like I belong in my <laughs> town anymore. Like things are changing. People are growing up. People are moving out of my town. Mm. And then I don't really feel like I'm set in this new city. Um, mm. Yeah. It was like a whole, whole weird point of when I was 19. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But um, but yeah. So uh, I I think that's really interesting when people have these like double, not, not like it's not anything negative. But it's just like double life of like okay, so there's me with my friends, and then I'm really interested in math, and I want to be an engineer, and then um, I also really like dance, and I I go and do this, and I have all this creative mm. um, artistic stuff. Um, just like going back and forth. I thought I, yeah. I think that it's incredible I mean- that you have time to do this <laughs> well, <laughs> that you I make mean, time <laughs> i mean i i i'm not at all dancing as much as i was as i was yeah. years ago right now i think i am dancing six to seven hours a week which sounds like a lot but at some point in my life maybe i was dancing 25 hours a week so yeah at some point i was just oh almost just dancing and doing a little bit of studying and that's it you know um but yeah i've been i've been reducing my dance time a lot because thankfully now i my main income source comes from development i don't need dancing for for to live Mm because at some point in my life i i've been just dancing teaching class and stuff like that um so right now i'm just focusing on my work and then when once I'm done I have dance to help me unwind and just you know try to change um, I don't know how how to call it but just do something you know yeah Yeah, it's yes that's what I was looking for so it it helps it's just like a hobby for me now and I'm and I'm teaching class as a hobby so I, yeah. I really don't need the money of those classes. <laughs> I, I I just I just I just do it because I I love dancing and I love teaching. So it's it's really helpful for me. The the time that I spend dancing, it's 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 a moment that I'm not thinking about work and stuff like that. And in it's it, mentally it helps me a lot too. Yeah, that's how I feel about um working out like some people say like what are your hobbies mm. I'm like uh my hobbies are podcasting and 
Nancy Drew books and working out. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I didn't work out a lot when I was growing up. Um, but when I got to college, I got into it. And oh my God, like just being able to um, relax and not relax, but like uh, turn your brain off and only think about one thing. Um, yeah. uh, take a break from the rest of the world uh, for a second. Mm-hmm. It's It's a really powerful thing that I just didn't have as a tool growing up because I wasn't super into that um yeah it it helps you process emotions and and things like that and think over things instead of just acting on on your uh impulses so when you're working out you are 100% focused on the on the workout and that's it I mean unless my that takes scale yeah, unless like one of my friends t- texts me and they're like, Emily, I have this story for you. I'm like, okay, well, this, this workout's going to stop. I have to hear this tea. Um, <laughs> but uh, aside from that, yeah, yeah. Um, nice, nice. I, I mean, I, uh, I, I do work out too. Um, not as much as I would like to, but I, I, I do work out. But I do have a problem about focusing on one thing at a time <laughs> and what happens to me for example because when you're when I'm dancing yeah. I my senses are just in dancing because I need to be listening to the music and I need to know what the hell am I doing with my body you know <laughs> but when I'm working when I'm working out it's a little bit different because it's 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 something that's a little bit more repetitive it's a little bit more simple in terms of having to think what you're doing you know um so when I work out, I usually just I'm working out and thinking about the a coding problem that I have in in the back of my head that I want to solve stuff like that. <laughs> um, and I think the, and this is something that I wanted to bring up that one mm-hmm. one thing that I also trying to do a lot now it's working in my own scale of focusing. And I'm I'm just doing mindfulness. I'm trying to, and trying to just learn how to do one thing at a time, and 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 force my brain to just think about that thing and not other things. So that's why I'm I was impressed that you could just work out and just think about the the workout. You know, it's 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 a really nice skill that that that, that you have. So nice. I um. The first time I ever experienced that was um, uh, in a boat um, when I was uh, part of a, yeah, I was part of a rowing team. And so I was the person that sits in the the back of the boat and steers it. Um, And that I can tell you is one of the scariest things I've ever had to do. Um, Just like uh, um, making sure that you're not hitting other boats and um, uh, making sure that your rowers are are okay. I wasn't like the best at it, but um, it, I would I would be so hyper focused on making sure that everything's okay, making sure that everyone is okay. That I am looking for logs in the river so that we don't hit a log and then like, mm. break the boat or anything like that. Um, you're like waiting for your coach to tell you that you're doing something wrong and that you need to fix it. And that helped me so much my freshman year of college because I just needed to not think about school. I needed to not think about, yeah. I don't know, missing home, boys. Like, I just needed to think about <laughs> none of that stuff and only think about one thing. And that was, that helps so much. And so 
yeah that was my first taste of that yeah nice yeah the the moments that I noticed that I'm focused like just thinking on something I I I feel really good about it it's like Mm -hmm. okay finally I'm just thinking about one thing and not a 10 10 things at a time because my brain tends to go crazy quite often um so nice maybe I I I could try rowing too (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask you about um how you met your girlfriend through dance oh she's a teacher where I where I teach oh really it was you know yeah I mean it's not like I'm gonna tell you a super romantic story it's just like we 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 worked together we saw we knew each other for a long time because he was dancing there for many years and me too and you know it just sparked and so one day we I told her to meet <laughs> and she agreed and yeah we just I don't know it just it just went mm, really trying to think of the best words in English to, to say it but it was just we went with flow as you said before um and we connected and and i really think well we really have a great relationship i I, we love each other a lot and and we have a really healthy relationship and which is very important both of us are very aware of it and you know we still dance together which is really cool to have you know a partner that you can dance with and and i don't know that's that's our story really it's just dancing together and know, knowing each other and and falling in love that's it like the word would i uh, if i had to guess it sounds very natural oh yeah yes yeah it did so it was not forced like maybe something that could happen nowadays with you know with a tinder date that you forced to meet somebody that you even you don't know mm-hmm. uh, i i have i haven't even lived the tinder era at all because <laughs> i mean i've been eight years with my girlfriend you know and by that time we just knew each other from the dance school and and this is something honestly that i love uh, about our relationship that it just went natural as you mentioned i think that's a great definition we we liked each other we could tell that we liked each other <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it was natural for us to just connect and 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 here we are years after i think that there's so it's so important um uh i mean you can't always this isn't something you can always do but um i think it's really valuable when people are friends beforehand um yes because i uh i think one of when i look back on like um my old relationships and stuff like that one of the best ones um i was friends with him for three years before we started dating and um uh he thought I was cute the whole time but um <laughs> I uh I, I don't know it's just like there's like this like foundation of of trust of like getting to know somebody um having all these stories from like hanging out with friends and things like that mm. um I think that that's something that's very hard to get especially if you're like a young person you move into a city and you don't really know anybody um and oh, then yeah. you start meeting people like it's, it's very hard to meet people in like after school after college or if you don't have a community or things like that so uh mm-hmm. the way you're describing it is something that is very special yeah I mean because at least you know if that person if 
if you like that person or not. I mean, not <laughs> yeah. in a sentimental way, but I mean, yeah. as a person, because maybe yeah. you start finding out about that person and you didn't even, you know, like it. So, yeah, it's it's really valuable to 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 have somebody who is first a friend and then a lover, you know, because at least you have somebody who's a friend in your life. Yeah. Yeah. What is her personality like? <laughs> well, after this podcast, when I talk to her and I, and I tell her, "Hey, we've we've been talking about you," she's gonna be she's gonna be so shy because she's just a really shy person. So if if I call myself an introvert, she is like the ultimate introvert. And when we're together, I'm like the extrovert of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But we are actually both introverts. But she's just. <laughs> way more than me she's really shy and <laughs> which is nice because we are kind of com- complement each other uh mm-hmm. not complement uh it's compatible compliment? is it com- yeah, yeah you, it's just like you, she's yeah, she's really shy yeah and and i i i try to you know put her out and 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 try to do things even though myself i'm i'm not <laughs> kind of you know um but yeah she's a I always call her an angel because she's a really good person on and she's one of the best people that you could meet and know that she's caring. She people just loves her whatever she does. Um yeah, it it's shy person but really caring, really lovable and I'm trying to come up with my best vocabulary in English. Just be aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I say, I think that the best description that you could have from her is that just, she's just a fallen angel. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just call her, um, because you, you can really tell when you meet her, when we meet her for real. I, I, the way that you, um, at least from what I could see from your Instagram and everything, like the way that you talk about her is very sweet. And um, I thought that there was there was a moment that I saw um, when uh, when you surprised her with tickets to New York and and she started oh, yeah. crying. That was such a sweet moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've really digged in. <laughs> Dip. It was uh, for yeah. her birthday, um, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. And it was her first time actually traveling uh, abroad. Yeah. There was like a big thing for her and she was not expecting it at all. And as I mentioned, she is a really grateful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was so grateful about this present. Um, yeah, have really good memories about that trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she appreciated it a lot. You said that the relationship is really healthy. And if, if it's not too intrusive for me to ask, um, uh, what makes a really healthy relationship oh nobody has asked me ever these kind of questions about my <laughs> relationship um okay so i think that our relationship is very healthy because we trust each other a lot mm-hmm. and when i mean a lot it's a lot i am we don't have, we just have boundaries in terms of, you know, privacy when I go to the bathroom and stuff like that. Cause I think yeah. that everyone needs to have its own privacy, <laughs> but, but we, we share everything in terms of, we don't have any secrets. We, we fully trust each other a lot. I, you know, 
She can take my phone anytime. She can go out with his, her friends anytime. I'm not going to even ask questions. I just want to know that she's safe and that's it. And she's having fun. Um, we are really compatible with each other in terms of personality too. We, we, we don't tend to get angry at all each other. And when we do, when something happens that we don't agree to it, we are good, or at least I, I think that we are good at having a dialogue, a conversation I, about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so uh, communication probably, trust and communication, I would say that it's what makes, not, not our relationship, but any relationship that you'd, you could have with a person. Because um, if there's no trust, something it's always going to come up and you know that's going to make you argue and then if there's no communication that argument it's going to that situation it's going to end bad because you're not going to be able to solve it so these for me are the two triggers that are going to make your relationship just blow up um and obviously we love each other a lot so that's just everything wrapping it up it sounds like um uh it's feeling very um secure with another oh, person yeah. yeah i would trust i would trust her with my own life for, for real yeah she's just we trust each other and 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 actually i think that this is something that you should look into people not only relationships with you know with girlfriend or boyfriend or wherever mm-hmm. but people because i mean if you think about it if you have somebody in your team mm-hmm. that you trust and you have great communication with that team is gonna rock you know uh, so this is some this is something that I probably everyone looks for it, but I I find myself looking a lot uh, for it, which is trust and communication. I I love to meet people who I can I feel that I can trust them with whatever they do, if whatever it could be something sentimental or it could be the work related mm-hmm. uh, that I trust that they're gonna do good. Uh, with their decisions and then that they're going to communicate those decisions correctly with me uh yeah this is something that if you look for it i just think that you're going to meet always good people that are yeah it's going to be nice partnership whatever it's if it's animal or our team is really 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 nice virtue in a person I think that um, two things I thought of. Uh, uh, one, one of my friends owns a agency, and he said that the the most important thing on, in hiring anybody is if he trusts them. He said he can mm-hmm. he can disagree with them. They can argue about stuff. They might like not talk for a couple of days just because they're like have polar opposite opinions on a part of mm-hmm. the project or a decision. But he said um, even if you're I don't know, arguing, or even if you have different opinions, um, never for a second does he not trust this person. And he said yeah. that's like the key thing when when he's bringing somebody onto his team. Um, and the other thing I thought of was um, uh, I had a couple experiences in my life where people um, would uh, just ask me to trust them um, uh-huh. without... Oh, that's not something that you should ask. Yeah, without without earning it like with uh you you earn trust with with time and and consistency um that's Mm. what what i believe and so um 
just like so many alarm bells go off in my head when um, <laughs> yes when somebody said uh just trust me like why can't you just trust me like I don't know it's something something like the guard goes up for some reason but yeah I think that's a wild thing for somebody to to ask you just like trust me because I'm asking you to trust me yeah uh yeah I mean red flag (laughs) trust me like no no I'm not gonna trust you (laughs) yeah uh I can really relate to it when having teammates that you can trust yeah. It's the best feeling ever, you know, yeah. asking, asking somebody to do something and just completely forgetting about it because you know that that person is doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Maybe they come back. They are not, as you mentioned, they are not on the same page with you because they are not agreeing with something, whatever. Yeah. But knowing that they are doing a good job themselves and you don't have to be on them to to make sure that that's that's happening you know it's the best feeling and the opposite when you have somebody who you don't trust that's the worst feeling of, of ever and 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 sadly i i felt that many times um mm-hmm. when developing with somebody in, in in a team the feeling that maybe you have to go in jump in and do it yourself you know because you don't trust that person or whatever it's i it's not a good feeling i can i can totally understand why you don't want to have a person in your team that gives you that feeling because it's mm-hmm. not good at all I, I remember once um i remember saying something and i didn't realize how hurtful it was until i said it um like someone um was supposed to do a task and um uh they weren't very reliable and so mm-hmm. I just did the task because I knew that this person wasn't going to do it. And then they came around and, and they didn't do it, but they said, why'd you do it? And I, it oh. was just my gut reaction. I said, well, I knew you were going to do it. So I just didn't want to have to deal with you um, not doing it and then it causing a problem within our group that we were in. So I just did it because I knew you weren't going to do it. And I don't know if, if it hurt them because it was a reality check or something, but um, they did not like that. They're like, that's not any of your business. You shouldn't have done it. I'm like, well, it had to be done. And I knew you were going to mm-hmm. do it and it was important. So I just took care of it. And um, <laughs> what do you think about that? I can totally see myself doing the same <laughs> thing as you. Yeah. Because I, and this is something that I'm all, also trying to, to, to work on myself I mean, because as a CTO of of FinSuite, I there are many people who rely on me, you know, and I I also rely on them. And one thing that I've noticed is um, that I tend to not trust people from the beginning. So my my first instinct when ha- when working with somebody, it's not trusting that person, mm-hmm. which is a bad th- which is a bad thing, because you know you should let that person try to figure out stuff themselves, try to grow, things like that. And I, I'm aware I'm trying to improve it now. Um, but especially when there's somebody who you're certain that it's not going to do the job correctly, you're getting that feeling that you're not trusting that person. I've totally done it myself, just jumping in and doing something. But at that point, you have to just 
take a step back and analyze the situation. And this is something that I, I do now. I didn't do it in the past, but I do now. It's like, okay, I am doing it now, but why am I doing it? Mm. Why, am, why do I have this feeling that I need to jump in and do it? Mm. You know, and that's why I realized, okay, do I trust this person with mm. his skills, his reliability, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really it's a really introspective thing to do. Um and I think it's very important to to be aware of this. So yeah, I I don't think you did a good, bad thing, but I also think that communication in these cases is very important. I don't, I don't know the background of this mm-hmm. relationship with that person. So I don't know if, if that happened other times, if it was mm-hmm. just the first time and you just suddenly did it without communicating. Because if it was that, maybe communication could have been a yeah. better part in, in it. Um, but absolutely, absolutely, I could see myself sometime having done that <laughs> in the past. Yeah, I was, I was quite young. Um, and uh, I, I just didn't want to deal with like the headache of this person getting yelled at and just mm-hmm. like me having to sit there and listen to this person getting yelled at. So I was like, it's just like a small task. Let me just do it. And then like it created a worse thing. I'm like, oh, great. OK, this wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like communication, e- even communicating to somebody like, hey, when you don't do this task. And then the whole group gets talked to. Um, that's mm-hmm. not fun. <laughs> um, yes. So, like, do you understand that? Uh, like, um, it's not affecting just you; it's like affecting the rest of the group. So, I think I was just um, too immature at that age to know how to articulate that. So, it's just something you learn with time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Communication is important. Very mm-hmm. important to avoid these yeah. things. Yeah. Um uh I don't know. Yeah, the the the, the trust thing is, is very interesting. Um uh I've had I have a couple of people that I, I really trust and it's like it's like when you're around them, it you feel so secure and you feel like um yeah. I don't know, like what you're gonna tell them, they're not gonna tell other people and um uh I don't know, I have some very good guy friends that um uh I, I've been friends with for a really long time and I just know that like if I go out uh, into the city with them and we have like a fun night out and I'm with them I feel totally safe and I know that nothing's yeah. going to happen to me and um, I don't know it's just it's like a, just a beautiful thing like there's the personal life and then there's the work life but um, yeah it's it's uh, it's earned over time for sure yes yes yeah if anybody's listening to the this podcast, please don't ask for for trust. <laughs> just as as Emily's saying, just try to earn it. Yeah, earning a person's trust it's it's, I mean, it's a really really powerful thing. You're connecting with that person, and you're you know not being superficial. Just you're actually connecting with that person. I don't think that you connect with anybody if you don't trust them. Because mm-hmm. the moment that you trust them, it's when you fully start connecting and opening yourself and saying things that maybe you would not say otherwise and things like that. Um, yeah. Trust. 
there was something I wanted to ask you. Um, uh, I wanted to ask about a period of your life um, right as you were graduating college um, with engineering okay. and into um, like your first experience post-college. I know that it's like, it's like totally going back in the conversation and we're kind of towards the uh. end, but I, I, I was really interested in, in that time period of like, um, so like if I was right, it's like, um, uh, um, it's like before you were like plane or, or uh, air, aero engineering, right? Was that the, the I, first I, one? Well, no. For, so first I, yeah. I started studying uh, electronics and automation engineering, yeah. but I graduated on mechanical engineering. Mechanical. Okay. Uh, so my story of being an engineer, it's pretty short. Yeah. <laughs> um, so during, during my college years, I was doing three things at a time. I was studying, I was teaching dance class, and early in, in, in my college degree, I also started building websites. Mm. I, I did it for a friend. So I, I have a friend who has a, his own design studio. He still has it. He still has it. And by that time, he he was starting to get some some clients who needed web design, you know. And he knew that I was a tech savvy guy. He knew, mm-hmm. okay, it was kind of like that thing. A hey, you know about computers, right? Can you build a website? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's Matt. And and I was like, yeah, okay, let me try. You know, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and by that time, I I started playing around with with web design. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. I could say that during my college years, what I what got me my income to sustain myself was dance, but also it was web design. Well, not design, but web development. I, I never used I, design; was not my big thing. <laughs> so the more I was finishing my degree, the more I was into web design. Uh, web development. Sorry, I'll, I'll keep just messing it. And and I just realized that I I really loved it. You know, I I was doing the the degree just because I was good at it, and people just always told me, "Hey, you're good at math. You should do an engineering degree." You know, and I just did it. You know, I, I and but I knew that I did not love it, and That's I know so that. Scary. Because, oh. Yeah. And I, and I know it because I, I was no, I consider myself nowhere as good as an engineer as I am at web development. And the only difference is not scale. It's just because I really loved doing web development. So once I finished the degree, I had a, you know, this typical practicum period where you just join a company and work as an engineer, as an intern. So I had this period, but during that period, I already knew that I just wanted to do web dev, you know? And officially I've never worked as an engineer. I've never, I've never get gotten a salary as an engineer. Mm-hmm. Because once I finished my internship, I got my degree. I ha- I made my parents happy because they wanted me to get a degree. You know, uh, they wanted just not have a kid who only danced and stuff like that. He, they wanted to have a 
you know, very traditional mindset, but that's another topic. Yeah. Um, and I just jumped in in web dev. I was like, I'm I'm gonna freelance. Fuck it. Uh, I'll just I'll just do it myself. Uh, I, uh, we'll see. And I'm happy. And I'm you know to to see now in retrospective that things worked out pretty good for me. I'm I'm really happy of what I'm doing now. I consider myself good at what I'm doing because I love it. Um and I really think that this journey helped me find what I love, you know, because and it maybe I if I started studying computer science or something like that, maybe I, I would have I would have hated it. You know, and maybe I would not be design um building websites nowadays. So it's just a path that I also don't regret at all. Even even <laughs> it, even even now that I have a de- an engineering degree, that it's kind of worthless for me because you know I'm not working as an engineer. It's something that I would not change at all. It's some. It's the path that brought me here. If I'm thinking about the you um, when you were were starting out in in your post college engineering life or or like the the end of school where you knew I really want to be in web dev but I spent all of this time and energy and and I'm assuming finances into this degree um mm. all my blood sweat and tears um like I'm sure that that was a a scary feeling because I had a similar feeling when I was yes. graduating from my university um if you could uh sit down and have a have a coffee or have lunch with that version of yourself and, and talk to him is there anything that you would say you can't change anything about the past but yeah. how do you think that conversation yeah. would go um I would honestly tell that young Alex mm-hmm. to not be worried about the degree because uh, mm-hmm. I mean after what I told you you probably are thinking okay why why the hell did, didn't he drop off of of school you know and I was very close of dropping <laughs> off many times yeah. for real I was really close um, but you know I wanted one thing is that I wanted to make my parents proud. I just wanted to have my degree and that's it. But I also wanted to finish something that I started. You know, I didn't want to leave something in the middle. But I had many, many times that I was really not feeling good about myself. You know, I'm studying something that it's not going to serve me for anything. I'm just a fuck up. I'm, I'm, I'm spending money and time, as you're saying. Um, and that those those uh, thoughts are really intrusive, are really can affect you a lot personally. And I remember that I had some times that I was really down because of that. So probably my conversation with that young Alex would be to just tell him to not give a fuck, to just don't worry, just keep what you're doing. You're doing fine. And, mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll end up doing something that you love eventually. So don't worry. And that would probably just set my mind, put my mind at ease and, and, you know, having spent better times at some point that I didn't um, enjoy it, probably that. I, I, I remember feeling similar ways when I was, when I was graduating and like being so scared of like, well, I didn't really know what else there was out 
for me. It's just the thing that I was holding mm. on to was like the closest thing to what I wanted to do, but I knew something was missing, but I didn't know what it was. But yeah, that, that internal mm. dialogue of like, um, like you chose this, you got to stick with it. Look at all this time and resources that you put into this. Like the whole, the sunk cost fallacy, um, which is like, yeah, like um, you've been doing this for so long. You put so much effort into it. You can't stop. But uh, somebody told me something once and they said, uh, uh, the you you are now is the youngest you'll ever be. <laughs> so if oh. you want to make a change in your life or you want to do something like you're the youngest you'll ever be right now. So what is the problem with, with doing something right now? When I was um, 22, I thought that my life was over because I thought that, oh, I can't go back to school. I can't do this. I have to do this forever. Um, but it's so not true. And to think that that like, you can be a fuck up at 22 is insane. <laughs> really? You can be a, you can, you, I mean, you can be a fuck up at 40 and yeah. it's, it, it's, it's still fine. I, I don't think that there's, it, it's never late to change what you're doing, honestly. Um, and maybe, maybe in my case, it would have been a best, good decision to drop off school. It was many other things that made me just continue on that path but i i honestly think that um you're right that knowing when to stop something that it's not worth it it's it's something that it you know it's gonna help you a lot in in, in your life um did you did you drop off school or did you finish i finished yeah i was in um, you finished graphic design that was my my degree okay. um and i finished okay. and then um i went into user experience design and that's where i felt um like that mm. thing that was missing was was there. Nice. Well, in your case, it was a little bit related. Yeah. Right. It, it was not like a dramatic change. Not in my case either. I think. Um, but yeah, there are pe there are people who are really brave at just switching careers, like really, really different careers. We we have a case in in Finsuit. I really love that guy. It's it's Keegan. Um, Keegan went from the military to web design. Um, I don't want to talk about him because I think that you should meet him actually. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's his personal life. Uh, but you know, there there are people who are really brave and bold to do some some things that mm, it takes it takes guts to do. Uh, yeah, really, really impressive. I think that um, part of the reason why I love. Um, talking to web people and product people and all of this stuff is because um, the industry is so young. Like yeah. how many colleges have uh, user experience majors or I don't know. Yeah. Like the, there's like no web flow major or, or okay. I don't know. <laughs> like that's not a thing. Yeah. And so like everything is so young. And so um, uh, in the grand scheme of things, so that when I talk to people about their lives, um, it seems as if people have lived like four or five different lives. I, I was yeah. talking with one person. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a cowboy in Montana. Or um, I, one, one woman said, I, um, before I got into web development and automations and stuff like that, I worked in Russia and spoke Russian because I wanted to be in international relations. Like this idea wow. that you have to pick, because in America, like 
you have to pick what you want to do by age like 16 and then you have to yes. go, like look for schools for that and your brain isn't even developed and then i hear all these yeah. people go through all these different lives and then um it's just it makes you so well-rounded to have all these different experiences and i think that's yeah. so not talked about and and like you you have to know what you want to do by 16 and you rush into something without even really being educated on what even is this thing that I like? Absolutely. I mean, this happens a lot in Spain too. We have, I think that we have very similar yeah. uh, systems in place. Um, yes. So many, many, many people, many friends of mine, they are now doing something that it's not related to where the decisions that they made at 16. Um, but also, I think that it's something that people should be aware of, that this happening, it's very common. So it's not like you're fuck up and you're, you're taking bad, bad decisions in your life, stuff like that. People just need to be aware that life changes, your preference changes, your things that you like, everything changes, and you're always on time to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And just being aware of this, I think that it would improve many people's life on just, you know, being on, um, I don't know exactly how to say it, but just putting their mind on ease, as I said before, um, just knowing that this is something that's common. Yeah. Absolutely. And there, yeah, it's, there's nothing wrong with changing your stance on something or changing how you feel about, I don't know, your career or anything like that. The idea of like changing your mind, um, uh, that's, a, that's something that's hard for people sometimes to change their mind on oh, something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, then there's like the ego thing of like, oh, I wasn't right. Oh, no. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to know that I wasn't right. And I'm like, I don't, is it a right or wrong thing? Or is it a um you you're open to new experiences and you learn something new and it mm -hmm. changed your mindset on something um yeah I, I think that's that's a huge thing if somebody can can get to that point um where they can change their yes. mind on something it, it enriches your life so much it it's it's something really valuable to be open-minded enough to allow you to change you know it a feeling a thought about something uh whatever it take many people are not gonna do it um mm -hmm. and this is something also that i've been aware of myself too it's just okay i'm gonna scan myself am i doing something wrong let's try to find it why why let's put aside any proud whatever feelings i'm uh, are blocking myself and just be realistic about it but it's not an easy thing to do it's yeah. not an easy thing to do so yeah, it's really valuable. People can do it. If I had to prescribe anybody anything for an ego or how to work with an ego, um, uh, <laughs> I would say do some user testing. <laughs> user testing? <laughs> You're going to find out how people are just not using the way that you expect it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, yeah. I think I probably had a little bit of an ego um, when I was in design school, um, and mm -hmm. then um, I went for my senior thesis. Uh, I 
wanted to do user testing on this, this website prototype that I made in Figma. Um, and so I, uh, the, the setup very simple. It's just, uh, I, I asked a friend to come on zoom with me. Uh, she shared her screen and we recorded it. And I said, I'm not going to tell you anything. Just like talk out loud. Yeah. And so we would do those for like 45 minutes to an hour. And the funny thing is that I reached out to all of these people that I knew of different ages of all of this, different backgrounds, like aunts and uncles, friends, my mom. Um, and, uh, after 15 of those, <laughs> I was like, I have no ego left. There's, there's nothing left <laughs> here. There's like, um, there's no, like, I, there's no such thing as like Emily being right about a site. It's, um, <laughs> the per like, cause you're not there to shepherd somebody through your site. You're not there to handhold them through it. Like it has to stand on its own and it either does or it doesn't. And you can't have an ego about it saying that you think it's all right. And so um, uh, this is like very industry specific, but if you ever think you have an ego and you want to work on it, do excessive user testing and you will have zero ego left. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Reality check. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I can totally relate because I feel yeah. I feel products for the community, and yeah. I feel you know. Also, I've been I've developed many websites, and yeah. also I've made many false <laughs> um, decisions. Well, I don't know the word for it. Uh, just expecting people to do something, and they're not doing that thing at all. So, yeah. absolutely yes, it's a big reality check, and <laughs> you have to adapt to it. I mean, if you don't, then you're building something. That, that it's not a good product, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a moment where, where you're like, it's not about me. It's about how <laughs> successful this project is. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. We just did two hours, by the way. It just flew by. Yep. I, I, I think it yeah. did. <laughs> yes, it did. It did. It's really nice talk. And you honestly asked me questions that I've never <laughs> talked about them in my entire life. So it's really nice to have these conversations. I, it really, you know, it's really enjoyable. I'm, I'm so glad that, that you gave me two hours of your time because I, I really appreciate it. I, I love these and I get so much energy and, and I, it's my favorite thing to do, but I can't do it without you. So I really, I appreciate it. It's, wow. um, it's so fun to, um, to i don't know uh un unravel a story and and go to all of these different points that i was curious about and to hear it from you it's it's a it's a real gift it is yeah i have the same feeling i i, I really am thankful to be here really I, actually when i when i jumped in this because I, I didn't know you at all and now i have a friend who have been talking <laughs> two hours about my life so it's really nice experience it's really yeah i really appreciate it the way I like to book in the podcast is to like give you a little time capsule for yourself. Um, and okay. I want to ask you, um, uh, is there anything like short term or long term that you're excited about in that's coming up? Oh, um, I think that what I'm most excited about is everything that I can 
provide to the community in terms of teaching. Um, and this is something that I'm really looking forward to, trying to give as much value to the community as possible and see that community grow in part thanks to whatever I've provided to it. Kind of going back to the conversation that we had about my kids growing up and learning how to dance, I really want to have the same feeling with the, with the no-code community. Um, and actually, I, I think uh, I, I, I've started to see a little bit of it because uh, for the past year and a half, I've been promoting a lot coding in, in the no-code world. And I've had great feedback from many users that now they're improving their, their skill set and doing crazy stuff that they couldn't do it thanks to maybe something that I taught them to. Um, so I'm, I'm already starting to get a little bit of this feedback from the community and something that I'm, I really hope to is to see this growing exponentially in the future. That's wonderful. I, I, I'm so excited for you. That that sounds so wonderful. And it's such like a, uh, it's like you can start collecting this like library of stories of people yes. who, um, uh, different, different ways that you can help people. And when they reach out saying, hey, check this thing out, I made it. Um, maybe like learning from a clonable or a video or something like that. That's wonderful. Yes, it is. And so um, if somebody's listening to this and they, they really like you, and they want to reach out to you or they want to follow you or something like that, what's the best way for them to do that? I think that the best way is reaching out to me on Twitter, especially if they are web-related. Usually my other social media, it's more related to my personal life and not that much to my professional life. Yeah. So I would say that Twitter is the best place to find me. And if you want me to say my <laughs> handle, it's well twitter.com slash alex iglesias underscore me perfect um yeah i think it's easy to 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 understand so yeah i'll I'll put that right in description so people can just click and go um and uh thank you so much and i hope this is just goodbye until next time yeah i really hope that too (laughs) thank you thank you very much